Faith, Hope and Love, episode 109, Sunday the 19th of August 2018. This is the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year B. Hello everyone, I'm Paul Kelly. It's that wonderful time to come together and listen to God's Word, to praise God and offer prayers to the Lord. This weekend the readings speak of eating and drinking. There are clearly different types of food that we can eat. Some are very good for us and some are very unhealthy for us. Jesus is clearly speaking about receiving him in the Eucharist, in his body and blood. Our Lord is strongly teaching us to take in only that which is truly nourishing for our lives. Jesus offers us everything that is truly good and life-giving. His presence in the Eucharist transforms us, nourishes us and strengthens us in our daily mission. His gospel message and the values contained in his word give us nourishment in our spirit and our attitudes. Jesus offers us a diet of only the very best. Also, did you know that there's an old Latin hymn, Adore Te Devote, by the great theologian Thomas Aquinas, in which our Lord Jesus is addressed, amongst other titles, as O Pelicanus, that is, O Pelican. There's actually a beautiful symbolic reason for this, which I'll explain in the homily. This is Faith, Hope and Love. Turn your eyes, O God, our shield, and look on the face of your anointed one. One day within your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, as we gather together for the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year B, let us pause at the start of our Mass and acknowledge our sins so as to prepare ourselves to celebrate the Sacred Mysteries. Lord Jesus, you are the image of the unseen God. Lord, have mercy. You are the firstborn of all creation. Christ, have mercy. You are the head of the body, the church. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore.
away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Let us pray. O God, who have prepared for those who love you good things which no eye can see, fill our hearts, we pray, with the warmth of your love, so that loving you in all things and above all things, we may attain your promises, which surpass every human desire. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Proverbs, chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her animals, she has mixed her wine, she has also set her table. She has sent out her servant girls, she calls from the highest places in the town, You that are simple, turn in here. To those without sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity, and live, and walk in the way of insight. The Word of the Lord. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times, His praise always on my lips. In the Lord my soul shall make its boast, The humble shall hear and be glad. Revere the Lord, you his saints, they lack nothing, those who revere him. Strong lions suffer want and go hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no blessing. Come, children, and hear me, that I may teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is he who longs for life and many days to enjoy his prosperity? Then keep your tongue from evil, and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn aside from evil and do good, seek and strive after peace. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 15 to 20. Brothers and sisters, be careful how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 
do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making music to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. All who eat my flesh and drink my blood, live in me and I in them, says the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Chapter 6, verses 51 to 58. Jesus said to the people, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The people then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord In the readings this weekend, we hear of our Lord telling the crowd in no uncertain terms that he is offering his very self to them in Eucharist, so that as they eat the bread and drink the chalice of Eucharist, they are taking in the presence and person of Christ into their hearts, into their lives, into their bodies and becoming united with Christ and his mission. Jesus wanted to make it quite clear that he wanted us to become living, cooperating and free instruments of his grace and that this included receiving Eucharist so that we could be as closely united to Christ in our lives and in our work as was ever imaginable. What a profound and amazing gift that our Lord has given to us. A few years ago I was looking around online for some piano music and I came across some albums of George Gershwin who lived from 1898 till 1937. He died very young. He was a brilliant American composer and pianist. This album I came across was intriguing because it was called Gershwin Plays Gershwin 
Since these recordings of his music were made between 1916 and 1933, and of course sound recording back then wasn't high-tech like it is now, I thought, well, they'd be terribly scratchy, even allowing for modern digital restoration and enhancement techniques. But these recordings turned out to be as clear as if we were hearing them here and now. myself, how is that possible? How could this be so perfectly clear, but claimed to be the playing of the actual Gershwin? It's as if we were in the room with him. The answer is because Gershwin recorded in a technique that was arguably a forerunner of digital technology today. Yes, even back in 1920. You see, he recorded his music on piano rolls. They're paper rolls with little slots cut into them that exactly replicate his playing and were designed to be played back on a big loop on a real piano, a pianola or the type. So when these slots were on this roll and were playing back, it came back through a real piano and music was immediately produced right there and then. So these are effectively modern recordings of his own playing, amazingly experienced as if he were playing the music in person. Gershwin actually, once he had recorded on these piano rolls, would also edit them by adjusting the slots so that it was exactly how he wanted it to be heard. I mention this example because the activity of God's Holy Spirit through us humble humans has often been compared to human breath being breathed into a finely tuned musical instrument. When the Holy Spirit fills us up and inspires our actions effectively, then our actions are not like a scratchy faded old recording of something that happened ages ago, but rather it's truly God's gracious action and presence in and through us humans who are cooperating as living instruments, here and now, for real, clear and effective. In some ways the sacraments are God's perfect digital music. God is really and truly touching us in and through his presence in the sacraments. It's not just a pale symbol or a shadow of the reality or a simple sign that harks back to a long gone event, but it is as a sacrament a perfect and real representation of God's actual presence and action in and through the sacramental encounter. So when Christ gives us the Eucharist, the bread broken and the chalice poured out for us, this is truly the presence of Jesus in his body and blood. Not merely a scratchy copy, but the real thing presented to us here and now. We are asked to take in his body and blood in Eucharist, to be truly united with him, body and soul, and to take in the words of the scriptures 
and to become the most finely tuned instrument through which God's grace can be experienced here and now in this world and in this community. A true miracle, better than any human technology could ever achieve. Another thought. When I was at the seminary studying to be a priest, we had the option to learn a little bit of Latin. A few of us felt that since this was a very important part of the Catholic tradition, we should at least have an opportunity to have a grasp of Latin. I'm glad I did this, but really, how I learned any Latin is a mystery of religion to me. It was so difficult. There were so many irregular verbs and declensions. My mind boggled, and I'd come to class each time feeling very nervous and thinking to myself, I've not put enough preparation into this. You can't wing it in these situations. You really have to just learn it and learn it well. So I would worry that I would not be able to answer any questions in that lesson. Mysteriously, though, several things about the Latin language did seep into my brain. It must have been by a form of osmosis. It just got in. That is, just by being immersed in the language of Latin, something stuck with me. For example, pronunciation stuck with me and the general structure and basic vocabulary stayed with me, and also a few phrases really struck me for various reasons. Our lecturer would present us, rather cleverly, with old Latin hymns, and he'd get us to learn Latin by getting us to pronounce the Latin contained in these beautiful hymns. It was a great way of teaching us. I was intrigued one day when we were reciting an old hymn set to the words of a Thomas Aquinas him, the great doctor of the church. It was a hymn to Jesus, and the mysterious Latin words echoed out, O Pelicanos. I thought to myself, that's strange. That sounds and looks like Aquinas is saying to Jesus, O Pelican. How odd. Surely I must have mistranslated it. Maybe it means something else. But no, it was exactly what it seemed. But why a pelican? Why would a pelican be any kind of symbol of Jesus? And here lies an interesting and ancient story. The symbolism of a mother pelican feeding her little baby pelicans is rooted in an ancient legend. In very ancient thinking, the humble pelican was believed to be a very self-sacrificing animal, particularly to its young, especially in times of famine. The mother pelican was seen to wound herself, that is, it vulns itself, which is itself another Latin word of the same origin as the word vulnerable, that is, able to be pierced. So this mother pelican would strike her breast with her beak, and draw blood, and feed her young with her own blood to prevent starvation. Another version of the legend was that the mother fed her dying young with her own blood to revive them from death, but in turn lost her own life. This legend, as I mentioned, comes from a observational confusion. In fact, a pelican doesn't feed her young with her own blood. She feeds her young by regurgitating food that it's stored in its upper throat. 
This bringing up of the food occurs by the bird lowering and raising its neck repeatedly onto its chest. Hence its actions look to the observer like it's piercing its own chest and a reddish fluid flows out which the young then feed on. It's actually food. So even though it's a misunderstanding, the symbolism is still clear and beautiful. Given this tradition, one can easily see why early Christians adapted it to symbolise our Lord, Jesus Christ. The pelican symbolises Jesus, our Redeemer, who gave his life for our redemption and shed his own blood and every single drop of it to save us. Christ attained victory over sin and death and he made this victory through his passion and death. We were dead to sin and have now found new life through the blood of Christ. And also Jesus continues to feed us with his body and blood in the Eucharist to keep us along life's journey. This gospel today reminds me about this because Christ is using very clear, very dramatic and quite stark language to explain how he truly and really intends to be made present to us in every generation to allow us to draw life from him by partaking in his flesh and blood which is clearly a sharing in the body and blood of Christ so that we might be united to Christ's life. Jesus had a significant problem in conveying this quite significant meaning of the Eucharist to his followers. It was very hard to get it across and to some generations it's still difficult. It's quite clear that Christ meant them to understand the quite dramatic reality of the action of what he was giving them in Eucharist. Whilst at the same time he didn't want them to be so repelled by the idea of eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Christ truly meant us to understand that in Eucharist we truly receive him in his body and blood and become connected to him and his life forever. All that matters, and I'm forever grateful to my long-suffering Latin lecturer for this, is that Christ gives each one of us his life, his body and blood for us. And Christ wants to enter into a relationship of faith and life with him that is so very close that we are to be truly united with Christ and that what we celebrate here in this Eucharist is the real and tangible, touchable expression of the life that we share with God who was made flesh for the life of the world. The Pelicanus, whose chest was pierced and whose life force flowed out, his blood given to save us all so that we might have life. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. The Eucharist is real food for our journey. With confidence and trust we call upon the Lord. that all Christians may one day share together the one bread who is Jesus. Lord, hear us. That all people of our world may be at peace with each other. Lord, hear us that we will be unstinting in our work for justice, to care for the weak and those who are ill. Lord, hear us. That the people gathered together, especially those who are in trouble or worried, may experience hope and peace through their friendship with Christ and one another. Lord, hear us. For all who are in ill health, for those who have asked for our prayers and those who have no one to pray for them, that they receive healing, strength and peace, and that those who care for them be given consolation and strength. Lord, hear us. That all who have died may gain eternal life, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God of heaven and earth, we join our prayers with believers throughout the world, supported by the living bread that has come down from heaven. Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Receive our oblation, O Lord, by which is brought about a glorious exchange, that by offering what you have given, we may merit to receive your very self. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For we know it belongs to your boundless glory that you came to the aid of mortal beings with your divinity and even fashioned for us a remedy out of mortality itself that the cause of our downfall might become the means of our salvation through Christ our Lord. Through him the host of angels adores your majesty and rejoices in your presence forever. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, says the Lord. Whoever eats of this bread will live for ever. Let us pray. Made partakers of Christ through these sacraments, we humbly implore your mercy, Lord, that conformed to his image on earth, we may merit also to be his co-heirs in heaven, who lives and reigns for ever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. Texts used in this program are for the purposes of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. Prayers and chants are taken from the English translation of the Roman Missal, edition 3, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Scriptures are from the New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009 by the National Council of Churches of Christ, USA, with adaptations to conform with Catholic liturgical norms. The Psalms, a new translation, copyright 1963, the Grail, England, published by Collins. Mass in honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, published 2011, composed and sung by Geoffrey M. Ostrovsky, featuring the Gloria. See www.ccwatershed.org forward slash Charbonnel. Portions of the audio CD Gershwin Plays Gershwin, The Piano Rolls Volume 1, Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin, published at Nonsuch, November 5, 1993, used for the purposes of review. Prayers of the Faithful are adapted from Robert Borg's 1993 book, Together We Pray, published in Sydney, Australia by E.J. Dwyer, out of print. Faith, Hope and Love theme, words based on 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13, set to original music by Paul W. Kelly. For more details, please visit homilycatholic.blogspot.com.au. Contact us at paulwkelly68 at gmail.com. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. 
May God bless you and keep you.